I hate to put it so bluntly, but it's the truth. If you don't trust your spouse with your finances, it's not an issue of finances. It's an issue of trust, and that goes way deeper than money. That infiltrates so many other areas of your life. You don't just not trust your spouse in one area and trust them in all the others. It's a much bigger issue. You either 100% trust your spouse or you don't. And see, this is how I know that the issues with money are so much bigger than just money in marriages today. I'm Kara Lewis-Newton, host of the KLN Podcast. Five years ago, my life was literally flipped upside down when I built a multiple six-figure income from a business on social media. More than that though, I'm a mom to three and a wife to Luke in a marriage that we've had for over 18 years. But beyond those roles that I fill, I have found deep purpose in helping women find strength and confidence. Because I believe that when a woman can value who she truly is, It unlocks the potential for her to grow into someone even greater. I believe a confident woman will change the world around her. This is the KLN Podcast. Money. Money, 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 money. Do you like that little apprentice theme song thing? (laughs) Money. Uh, Did you know that it is the number one cause of divorce? and that over 50% of marriages end in divorce. So I feel like it's a pretty serious issue, like major. Like if we could get this issue figured out within ourselves and within our relationships, how would the culture of marriage be different in our country? I mean, I just find that astounding to me. When I think about money in our marriage, I gotta be honest with you. It's not an area that has ever been an issue for us. Now, before you turn me off and you're like, then you cannot relate to my life, just listen to me for a second because I don't think it's because Luke and I have a better marriage per se or that because we are better people. I do think it has a lot to do with what our mindset was going into our marriage, what we grew up learning, and what we knew about relationship towards each other. So we both grew up in homes that didn't have a lot. We by no means were poor. Um, We always had enough, but we also never had too much. (laughs) I'm sure a lot of you can relate to that. I mean, I can remember as a kid, I I always had what I needed, always. But also I know that my mom made the most of what we had too. She always had a plan for us to make memories and have fun together. And those were the extravagant things that she saved her money for, experiences and vacations. Not luxurious things, but just things that were out of the norm and fun for us to do. I never had the coolest clothes or the best shoes, but (laughs) my mom taught me how to shop a sale like no one's business. I mean, I can get you the best deal in town. And I learned that. But what my mom really taught me, and I think that this has a lot to do with what my mindset was going into marriage was, first of all, I remember her saying to me, Kara, you never know what your life will end up looking like. And that sounds a little bit pessimistic. In other words, she was saying, you never know that your husband's going to be around forever. You never know that you're going to have somebody to take care of you. And so what she always said to me was, you will be a strong independent woman 
who can take care of herself. And so for the, from the time I was probably nine years old, I knew that I would take care of myself. I would have a way to make money, to earn money, to buy things, and to be independent. I had a, had a job since I was 14 years old. Literally, I have been making money every year since I was 14. <laughs> uh, my first job was actually a gymnastics coach. And I think I told you about this in one of the previous podcasts. The first day on the job, a little girl broke her arm. So I'm not saying I was ever very good at the jobs that I did, but I've always had a job. And I can remember um, my first day at college or the day that my mom took me to college. And we were figuring all the things out, going to orientation, getting stuff in my dorm room. And then as soon as everything got into my dorm room, my mother marched me over to the college cafeteria and signed me up as one of the cafeteria workers. You guys, my mom made me be a lunch lady. Seriously. My freshman year of college, every Tuesday and Thursday evening, I worked the dinner shift, hairnet and all, at our college cafeteria. Talk about an ego bust. <laughs> But you see what I'm saying. I've just always been taught that you will support yourself. You have a, will have a way to put gas in your car, to buy your shampoo and deodorant, and to get a meal when you need one. So I've just always known that that's who I would be. The thing was, I never thought I'd be someone that would have a lot of money. I don't know if kids grow up thinking that they will have more than what they grew up with, but I didn't. I kind of always just assumed that I would live the way I grew up. I've told you before that Luke and I got married really young. In fact, we got married while we were in college. And those first two years of our marriage, you won't believe this, we made $500 a month combined. 180 of that went towards our rent on married student housing. I mean, I truthfully don't know how we did it. The rest of that money, like, did we just walk everywhere? I don't know. I know that we did eat a lot of ramen noodles those first couple of years. And fortunately, because we lived in the same town as my grandparents, we ate a lot of meals with them. And then after we graduated college, our first real job or Luke's first real job was in a church and I was going to grad school. We were living in South Florida and we were living off of $26,000 a year, a year. Is that insane? It's crazy to me, especially when I think about the cost of living in South Florida. Again, I don't know how we did it, but we made it work. And then as we continued on in our marriage, I was social worker and Luke worked for a church. And I have to be honest with you, and this is nothing against those that are nothing against those that are working in churches or doing social work, but it was almost a badge of honor to make less money. You almost wore it as a badge of honor, like you were doing some special work and because you were doing some special servitude work, you were making less money and that was kind of a choice you were making to serve the masses. I don't know, but I know that that's kind of how we thought, that like this was our plot in life. Here's the thing though, it was stressful. Like it really was stressful. Luke had to work a lot for us to cover the bills and I was working too and we were having babies and I didn't want to be working. I got to be honest with you. I wanted to be home. I hated my job and he was working lots of long hours and I remember my mom saying to me, you have to choose your stress, Kara. Do you want to be home and live with the stress of less money and a husband who works a lot or do you want to work some and leave the kids? Both are stressful. Which one do you prefer? Choose your stress. Again, a little pessimistic, right? I promise my mom's not a pessimistic person, but she is a realist. And she was right. 
I had a choice to make. Was I going to put all of the financial burden on my husband so that I could stay home and take care of the kids? Or was I going to choose to find a way to make money, find childcare for the kids, um, and contribute financially? Both were stressful. I didn't love either option. And to be honest, throughout our marriage, we've done both. And I can 100% tell you, one is not better than the other. One stress isn't necessarily better than the other. I can tell you there's one that Luke and I preferred over the other, um, but we've tried it all and it's all stressful. So how do you weather this topic of money as a couple? Like, honestly, if over half of the marriages in our country end in divorce and most of them occur because of money issues, how do you do it? Like, how does this work? Well, I'm going to tell you this. We've been married for, it'll be 19 years this summer, and I have not shied away from the fact that Luke and I are firstborns. We have our own way of doing things. We argue. Our kids will tell you we argue. We have we argue in front of our kids. We argue in front of other people. But the truth of the matter is, I honestly cannot even tell you the last time we had an argument about money. I don't even remember having an argument about money. And again, I don't say that to say that we are better in any way, that our marriage is healthier than anyone else's, but I can tell you that it's not an issue for us as a couple. And so I just wanna share with you as I reflect on this, why I think that may be. All right, are you ready? Okay, number one, our money. You're like, okay, that's like, that's a reason, yeah. What was the key word there? Our. We always refer to it as our money. And again, I'm going to tell you this just based on what has worked for us. I'm not saying that this is the blueprints for having a successful marriage in regards to money, but this is what's worked for Luke and I. So take what you want from it. Take some of it. Take all of it. Take bits and pieces of it. But this probably is the biggest factor in why our marriage has not had to deal with the issue of conflict over money. And it's because we see it as ours. It's not mine and it's not his, it's ours. What is mine is his and what is his is mine. And it's always been that way. From the minute we said I do and vowed our lives to each other, everything became ours, everything. The truth is that over the last 19 years, sometimes he's brought in more money, sometimes I've brought in more money. But it doesn't matter because it belongs to both of us. It's all going to the same place. He is the absolute 100% hands down most important person in the world to me. There is nothing, even my money that I make, (laughs) that I would keep from him. It's not mine. It's his. It's ours. It belongs to both of us. It's for our family. So that's the first thing that I think has really shaped our view of finances in our home is that the money belongs to both of us. It's never been a yours and mine, it's ours. Number two, we know what we value. We really do. We've talked about it as a couple. We've talked about it as a family. We know the things that are important to us in this life. And fortunately, we've come to a place where we value the same things. We want to work on the same things together. So cars, fancy houses, clothes, nothing wrong with those things. They aren't what we as a couple and what we as a family value. So they're not the areas that we choose to spend money on or to save money for. What we value as a family is experiences. 
We love to travel. We love to eat. We love uh, time together. We love making memories. And so that is what our extra goes to. That's what we save for. That's what we talk about. And that's what we spend that money on. Here's the other key to that. We never spend what we don't have at that very moment. I can remember I told you as my my mom would, this was what was valuable to her too, was experiences. And so I think we carry these things into marriage. Sometimes there would be more saved for these experiences. And I can remember when we were 12, when I was 12, we went on a vacation to Maine. We had never gone on a vacation outside of the Jersey Shore because that's where we lived. And for the first time we went somewhere for vacation and it was huge. But before that, it had always been local. And I can also remember in high school when finances were really tight one year, we couldn't go on a a normal vacation. And so we went to an amusement park and stayed the night in a hotel. And so it was, it looked different, but the value was still the same. She still valued those experiences, that time and those memories. And so whatever extra she had, that's what it went towards. Sometimes it was more, sometimes it was less, but I never doubted that my mother valued those things. And so if we can't pay for what it is that we want, a trip, airline tickets, whatever it is, that very day, it does not get bought. That doesn't mean that we don't use credit cards. We use credit cards because I love airline points. And and so we use them to get points. But if we're paying for something that isn't actually backed in our bank account that very moment, we don't buy it. In fact, full disclosure here, (laughs) you're going to laugh at me for this. I, truthfully, I got my first credit card in college and it had a $200 limit. I did not know that you didn't have to pay your credit card bill when the bill came. I didn't know that. I thought that when that bill came, you had to pay it full, in full. It never occurred to me. I had no idea that you didn't have to do that. This carried on into years into marriage before I realized that you did not have to pay your credit card bill in full. It's possible that I thought this because I can remember being out to lunch or um, going shopping with my grandparents and my grandfather would pay with a credit card and he would literally deduct that amount from his checking account. And so in my mind, that's what it was. You just had to pay right away. I've just always had the mentality that you only spend what is actually in your bank account. And that's really the way Luke has grown up too and and went into our marriage thinking. See, when you value the same things, you work together to make those things happen. That's why it's so important to talk about what it is that you value as a couple. Your relationship with money is often a direct correlation to what your marriage relationship looks like. I hate to put it so bluntly, but it's the truth. If you don't trust your spouse with your finances, it's not an issue of finances. It's an issue of trust, and that goes way deeper than money. That infiltrates so many other areas of your life. You don't just not trust your spouse in one area and trust them in all the others. It's a much bigger issue. You either 100% trust your spouse or you don't. And see, this is how I know that the issues with money are so much bigger than just money in marriages today. The third thing that we've done that I think has helped us in this area is that each of us have always been willing to help. 
Now I told you, I talked about that you have to choose your stress. Are you gonna stay home with your kids and let your husband bring in all the money and have the stress of him working a lot and caring? Or are you gonna work, put your kids um, in some kind of childcare and, and choose that stress? But here's the deal, no matter what we chose, we were both willing to help. So in our times of scarcity, it was never 100% on one person's shoulder to carry. Your husband completely stressed out, maybe this is why, maybe. I may not have actually been collecting a paycheck through some of those years of our um, scarce finances, but I always found a way to contribute somehow. I would buy and sell and resell things on Facebook Marketplace and Craigslist. I even became like a coupon clipping queen back in the day. I may not have been actually bringing money in, but I was saving money to contribute to our tiny little budget. It let Luke know that he wasn't doing this alone, that this wasn't all on his shoulders, that he wasn't completely and 100% all by himself responsible for making sure that food got in all of our mouths. He knew I was there with him, in it, helping. He didn't have to carry it by himself. And then also in the same way, as we've grown in our resources, we've been working on my understanding of where all the money goes and how it's used. We're in this together. Because honestly, I would love to have nothing to do with it. Like I said, I 100% trust my husband. And so it would be very easy for me to just put my blinders on, stick my head in the sand and just say, take care of it. I don't want to know but that's putting it back on him. And we're in this together. It's our money. And if it's our money, then I need to have an understanding of what it is we're doing with it. I know it's important for me to know how we're working together to reach the goals, the things that we value with our finances. And if we are working together, then that means I need to have a knowledge and understanding of what it is that we're doing. If it's ours, if it's truly ours, and we 100% believe that, then we both need equal say and understanding of what we do with our finances. And then kids, right? (laughs) It's not just an issue of like money and marriage, but then you add kids to the factor and it can get even more stressful. Here's the thing with our kids. We never over-exaggerate where we are financially with our kids. We never let them think that we're poorer than we are or that we're more well-off than we are. They know we are currently in a season of growth right now. They know that. And so there's freedom to do more because they see that. But in that, my husband and I both desire to give our children all that we can. We do. It would be so much easier to honestly just pay for everything and to do all the things that we want to do that would make them happy. But we also know that that's probably not the best way to send them off into the world with the best view of money. Yeah, we take trips. Yeah, we have nice things. But you know what? Our kids also have to pay for things. Things that we can afford, things that Luke and I could 100% pay for, but we make them pay for it anyway. Silas has to chip in for his basketball shoes every season. And Lila pays her way to the movies when she wants to go with friends. I want to instill in them that they are responsible for the things that they need and want. Both. Hard work is such a huge value in our home. And that thing that my mom taught me about being independent and being able to take care of myself, I still want to teach my kids that. We expect this out of all of us, not just me and Luke, but the kids too. I think the most important thing I can say about money and marriage is this. It's a joint effort. You pledged your life and your trust to this person. Working together toward the common goal, is what has kept us healthy in the area of finances. 
Putting his needs before my own and him doing the same for me has kept us from countless arguments and frustrations. If you've found yourself in a financial mess in regards to your marriage, just know you're not alone and you're not a failure. But I can tell you it's more than money. Almost all the time, it's more than money. It's deeper. And the good news is it can be fixed. Decide together what your values are. Stay committed to putting the other person before yourself and work together towards the common goal. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the KLN Podcast. If it connected with you in any way, I would love it if you would hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss any future episodes. You can also find me on carolewisnewton.com. You can sign up for my weekly newsletter. And also, I would love to connect with you on Instagram and Facebook. Until next time, you have the power to change the world around you.